happy Tuesday afternoon. The time is 439 here on this April the 13th. Thanks for tuning in here to NL Newsday. Okay, so here's a bit of a tough question. What are your plans for your death? Well, that can be an uncomfortable question. It's not something I like to think about, and I am sure the older you get, the more the reality of mortality sinks in, and the more difficult that type of a conversation becomes. But let's ask a little bit of a different question here. Something that still expresses the reality of mortality, but maybe in a more positive light. And that question is, how do you want to be remembered? What is your legacy? Have you thought about your finances? Are you giving money to the government? Is your money going to your next of kin? Are you giving money to charity? Will people look back on your life and think of you as a philanthropist? And what do any of those questions have to do with insurance? Well, as the CEO of WealthInsurance.com, Mark Halpern leads a team across Canada that provides special expertise and insurance strategies to craft custom insurance, benefit, and business planning portfolios to preserve and transfer wealth on a tax-advantaged basis. So what advice does he have for you if you want to be remembered as a philanthropist and just how wealthy do you have to be in order to have such a title? Well, I'm pleased to welcome to the program now, Mark Halpern. Mark, how are you doing here today? Great, Jeff. So nice to speak to you and to be on your show tonight. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time. And before we get into some advice here for anybody listening, I wanted to just get a quick look at your backstory here because it's a little bit interesting. So insurance, you hear that word. It already sounds like a bit of a yawning conversation, but I understand you started thinking about insurance at a very young point in your life, and that's because of the experiences of, of your family. I understand you lost your father when you were quite young, and this had you know, put you on a path, basically, to, to thinking about life insurance and, and how you can really help people hmm. if they find themselves in a difficult situation. That's so true, Jeff. As a matter of fact, I never thought I'd be in the insurance business. I kind of had people suggest it to me, and I kind of thought it was an insult. I sort of equated it with, you know, used car salesmen and uh, polyester suits. But um, my start, you know, I've been in professional practice for 30 years. But you're right, my profession, my real start was 47 years ago. And that's when my father, blessed memory, died of a massive heart attack at the age of 50. I was 11 at the time. I was the youngest of four boys. And my mother of blessed memory had to go back to work to support her family. The reason was, is my father was a busy engineer and he had no will, very little savings and no life insurance. So it was very, very hard for us growing up. Uh, since then, I now work with some of the most successful business owners and entrepreneurs and uh, professionals and wealthy families. And you would think they'd have everything organized too, but I would suggest 80% of the time, it's not true. They're so busy looking after everything else that when it comes to themselves, they have a lot of incompletions. That's for sure. Now, as an insurance guy, you have a, a, a real, um, what's the word, passion for philanthropy. So how do how does philanthropy and, and insurance connect? They don't really feel to me like they're of the same line, but yet they are connected in some ways. So can you explain how those two things kind of work hand in hand? Sure, look at philanthropy has always been part of our DNA. You know, we were a family, even when my mother was uh, was a widow, was always involved in charity and raising money for cancer society, etc. And uh, the government has actually introduced about 25 different pieces of legislation since 1995 to make it much easier for Canadians to give to charity and save taxes because they know they can't support all that great social welfare that we need in this country. 
And we don't have a lot of tax shelters left in Canada, Jeff, other than let's say your principal residence or a TFSA, or if you're lucky to win the lottery, that's not taxable. Life insurance is one of the four last tax sort of uh, uh, tax exempt type of uh, investments that are out there. So if there's an opportunity for somebody who wants to be generous or to create a transformational gift, life insurance is kind of like the difference between having, let's say, a driver that you can sort of hit the ball and the masters, you know, 350 yards versus sort of a, a chipping wedge, which only goes a short distance. So it really allows people to, to extend their the scope of their generosity. And the great news is you don't have to be rich like Warren Buffett or Bill Gates to be a philanthropist. You can just be a regular person. And there's so many different ways to find money to create money for good causes that you're passionate about. Yeah, so you don't have to be of the ultra-rich in order to be considered a philanthropist. You say anybody can do it. So basically, you know, does it matter your income? Could it be, you know, as small as maybe $50,000 a year? If that's what your net income is, do you still think there's a way for someone to, to get involved in that giving back kind of work? Absolutely. Look at again. If you're the highest tax bracket, it's really for every two dollars you give to charity, you save about a dollar of tax. But just to give you an idea, even with your listeners, you know we live in a great country and we have socialized medical and education, etc. But the government is biased against widows, singles, and divorcees, Jeff. Because unless you have a spouse where when you die, everything would roll over to your spouse tax-free, mm-hmm. if you're single, widowed, or divorced, it's considered when you die as if you sold everything at the market value. And the government's going to want anywhere between 26 and 55% of your money. You know, people don't even realize in Canada that there are RSPs that they've been growing, you know, tax-free. When you die and you don't have a spouse, the government's going to take 54% of that money. So if you have a choice where your tax dollars go, and all of us have three possible beneficiaries to our estate, we have family, we have charity, and we have the tax department, and each of us can only pick two of those. Jeff, which two would you pick? Uh, I think I would probably choose charity and family, and I imagine that's where the majority of people that you talk to would, would feel the same way. Absolutely. And and with proper planning, they can be remembered for giving money to charity as opposed to writing a, a large check to the tax department. And that really comes down to, you know, the difference between doing investing and doing planning. People do a lot of investing, which is the fun part. That's kind of like the offense. But the planning, that's more like the defense. And, you know, for all the hockey fans out there, you'll notice that, the, you know, people love the playoffs and they love the Stanley Cup but it's the teams that have the best defense that generally hoist the cup at the end. And, and that's really what we do. People have to spend more time on the defense to sort of see, you know, A, am I going to be okay in retirement? I've got enough money. Do I have some never spend money that I'm just paying taxes on? What's my tax bill going to be now and down the road? And can we incorporate strategic philanthropy into our family's planning to create an enduring legacy to charities that we're passionate about? Yeah, so how how does the life insurance aspect of things then kind of roll into that? Because you mentioned you want to be able to make sure your money is going to your, your family and to those charities. So where does the life insurance policy weigh in on all that? Well, there's so many different levels. I'll just give you a couple. One is, let's say somebody is going to have a a $250,000 estate tax 
when they leave this world. Well, if they were to get a $500,000 life insurance policy and make the beneficiary of that a charity, then the charity will get a $500,000 donation and the estate will get a $500,000 charitable receipt. And now that $250,000 estate tax has now become charity. And you're remembered for giving 500 to charity as opposed to 250 to the government. Or if any of your listeners currently are getting CPP, you know, when you turn 65, it's one of those things that we get. And a husband and wife can generate about $26,000 a year on their, on their uh, Canada pension plan. Well, if they don't need the money, and there are a lot of people who don't, it just gets taxed, reinvested, and taxed again. People could take that CPP and create a, 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 a legacy gift of about $1.5 million using life insurance, and if the insurance is owned by a charity, then their CPP is considered a charitable donation. So they don't pay any tax on their CPP, and they've now created a $1.5 million gift to charity or charities that they care about. That would be some examples of, of, of uh, using insurance, Jeff. Interesting. So that, that's some, some interesting advice, probably not something a lot of people would think about, right? So when is the best time to really start doing some of that kind of estate planning, making sure you're getting ready uh, for, for whenever these funds, uh, you know, uh, unfortunately, okay, let me, let me start this again. When is the best time to start doing that estate planning? Let's just get right into the nitty gritty of that piece of conversation. Is there a particular time where you would advise individuals to start having the conversation? Well, clearly it's the time to do it as well. The sun is shining, right? And, and we, you know, for 30 years, I've been trying to convince uh, clients that they're going to die or get sick one day. And nobody really believed me until we have this, this global plague of COVID. And people are much more aware of their mortality. And they're also much more aware of their incompletions. They don't have a will in place. They don't have proper insurance. You know, right now people can get up to $2 million of life insurance with no medical no in-person meeting and all done on a 20 minute phone call because the insurance companies were relaxed the underwriting, right? Mm -hmm. So the area of, of, of legacy, a lot of people have been giving money to charities, you know, to sponsor a ride for cancer or something, but they haven't really created more of a legacy gift. And, and, you know, in, in life, you know, you want to go from success, but you want to go to significance and people are really thinking about this very much right now, Jeff, like, how can I make a difference? You know, God's been good to me. I have all that I need and I've been really blessed and I want to give back. So it's really important to sit down with somebody who specializes in estate planning, a certified financial planner, a trusted estate practitioner, or anybody can contact me. Our website is wealthinsurance.com, and we work with advisors across the country that we can introduce people to. But it's really about looking at things from 30,000 feet. And as I said, Jeff, the best time to do it is today because it gives you a lot more options and a lot more choices. Unfortunately, when an event happens that's an emotional event, then there's a financial event, and often we don't have as much choices that we can make at that time. Now, Mark, um, I'd mentioned it off the top that philanthropy is something that you are passionate about, and it's pretty evident here in our conversation that that is something that is close to you. So I just wanted to get your own personal experiences on this while I have you. I mean, um, what, what are some of the, the corporate fundraising goals that you have, that you have established that you're hoping to, to maybe provide an example to others out there? Well, thank you. You know, before COVID came about, we had a corporate goal of wanting to create $100 million of new charity 
every year, working with either our clients or with donors of nonprofits or working with allied professionals like accountants and uh, investment people and other insurance people. We ended up at the end of December 31st, Jeff, at just over $61 million, which was pretty good. I mean, it wasn't all insurance. It was really, you know, somebody left a gift in a will or they, they donated some appreciated securities or there was insurance. Now what's happened is we're creating a community of all these advisors who are stepping forward who want to be part of our our goal or our, our sort of aspirational goal. And, you know, we're kind of looking at creating a, a, a community across the country of a hundred professionals and nonprofits. And we want to work together to educate uh, possible donors. And if each of us can be uh, successful at creating $10 million of legacy gifts every year at a hundred people, that's a billion dollars of charity. So Jeff, that makes me really excited because imagine being able to create that kind of change in this world and how important it is needed and how people really do want to create legacies for their families because a lot of this, Jeff, is about passing along these values Mm -hmm. to our children and to our grandchildren and our great-grandchildren. And we think that charity is a wonderful way to do that and to accomplish that for families. Well, this this sounds all good and and probably something that not not too many people would think about. I know it's not something that I would have thought about personally until... I was kind of digging through this and getting set for our chat here today, Mark. So what uh, what steps, what would be the first step you would recommend to somebody out there listening who, who wants to maybe take a look at where their, where their uh, estate is going to be going, making sure that it's going to uh, benefit the, the people that they want to see get that money or whatever the case may be. What would be your first piece of advice that maybe, maybe to get a consultation or where, where would be the first step? And look, what people need is some wisdom and knowledge in order to be able to make the right decisions because there's no cookie cutter here. It's really, you know, each situation is, is unique. So one thing I would recommend is people should go online. I did this TED Talk in 2019. It was called The New Philanthropy. And if you Google Mark Halpern, Idea City, or go to my website, wealthinsurance.com, I suggest you watch it because it'll give you a real framework into what we're talking about. At that point, either contact us if you're looking to for some help, we're doing Zoom meetings across the country. People don't have to leave their homes or come to an office, or we're introducing them to people in their jurisdiction who are speaking this kind of language because it's not something that necessarily your lawyer or your accountant or your insurance or investment person is going to talk to you about. It really is a specialized area. The other thing is every community has a community foundation, and I'm sure Kamloops has a community foundation as well. They have fantastic people and resources to help people create tax-efficient structures to be able to create these types of charity. And I really recommend people reach out to their community foundation and find out. But the one thing I suggest is, you know, find out about it, but don't ignore it. The, The opportunity is great. And I really feel that we have an obligation to make sure that, you know, we're, we're using our money for good things and creating wonderful legacies for our children for many years to come. Mark, thank you so much. Really appreciate you taking the time. It's not, uh, you know, when we're thinking about end of life, it's not the nicest of conversations, but when you spin it this way, you know, it's it's a real positive way to look at things. So I really appreciate you taking this time. Uh, great advice for some people out there listening, and uh, we'll, we'll hopefully see some more charitable da- donations as a result of our chat here today. Thank you so much. That would be fantastic, Jeff. Thank you for taking such an interest in this. And uh, as I said, if people are interested, they can reach out to us and we'll be very happy to assist any family. Awesome stuff. Well, have a great rest of your day, Mark. We'll, We'll hopefully catch up again sometime in the future. 
that would be great. Thanks, Jeff. All the best and stay safe. You too. You too, Mark. Thank you so much. That's Mark Halpern there, CEO of WealthInsurance.com, talking about how you can go about becoming a philanthropist. Isn't that something that you would like to be remembered as? I know whenever I see, you know, we had the uh, obituary there for uh, Prince uh, Prince Philip here earlier in the week, or was it late last week? Late last week on Friday, and one of the things that people kept saying is he's remembered as a philanthropist, so isn't that something that you would like to have remembered uh, for yourself as well? Well, there is a way that you can go about doing that, Mark, with some tips for you on how to go about starting that process.